upstairs in the building, which was awesome. We then had people sitting around the outside. And on that night, over 65 people just in that one night responded to the gospel. Isn't that amazing, you know, that we get to be a part of it, which is awesome. Now, I'm just going to get organized real quick because I know that during the sermon, I'm going to step on this microphone. So I'm going to move that there. Um, So we need to uh, just quickly, I'd love to pray for Pastor Nick this morning. our senior pastor, we, we as a church have just inherited uh, another campus and it's actually his first morning there as the senior pastor uh, of uh, that church. Now, I know that I uh, believe uh, in the mantle that God has put on his life and I know all you guys do here as well. Uh, but let's pray God's hand of favour is on him and on that service this morning. So why don't we just stand really quick and, and I'd love to encourage you guys to enter in with me uh, as we pray. You know, sometimes it's really, really easy to preach when you know that people are with you. So I want to encourage you guys this morning to talk to me. I'm going to be talking about the second uh, part of uh, Pastor Nick's sermon last week, which was unfolding purpose, God's unfolding purpose. I'm going to do part two. But let's pray together this morning. Don't just hear me pray. I'd love you to enter in with me because you know that God has the ability to hear us all at once. Isn't that amazing? So let's pray together. Lord God, right now, we just thank you for Pastor Nick. And this morning, we just pray that as he uh, takes up the mantle of senior pastor of Victory uh, Church as well, Lord, we pray that your hand of favour will be on that place, Lord. We just pray that he will lead with conviction, Lord God. People's hearts will be open and ready to receive. We thank you, Lord God. We pray, Lord, that you will also use the word this morning in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody who agreed said, Amen. Awesome. Give a person a high five. Take a seat. Cool. So last week um, was uh, a message Pastor Nick brought about God's unfolding purpose uh, in our lives. And uh, I believe that that is the case. I I believe God's uh, purpose does unfold. I I think it has moments where uh, there's like a catalyst period where things just seem to kick on. And then there's also periods of times where, where it's the, the grind and you've got to keep going and you've got to keep working at, at things. But, but at the end of the day, God's will is sovereign in that it will unfold for our lives as we remain in obedience to Him. So I want to talk uh, to you guys this morning as a part two of that sermon, uh, which really I want to talk about four things that I feel uh, we need to know about God's unfolding purpose for our lives. And I want to talk about transformation. And I want to talk about who you are and who God has purposed you to be. And for me, I I think the whole go with transformation is like the gym. Now, uh, I know a lot of people out there are telling lies that they go to the gym because they want to get fit and healthy. Uh, Give me a wave if you're that person. That's right, because everyone goes to the gym because they want to change the way that they look. I'll give you an example of why I believe that, that people only go to the gym because uh, that they want to transform. Ha- have a look at this picture behind me. Can everyone see that there? This is Robert. And, and what it says, it says, in only two weeks, Robert lost his glasses. Now, do you want to know why that's a pointless picture and I showed that for no reason? Because there has been no transformation that has taken place. You can take that off, go back to the first slide, or people will just look at that. I've been looking at that picture all week thinking I should have brought my glasses up here, but I didn't. But the thing is, I've been going to the gym. 
And I see these guys that, that work out, and, I, and it's crazy. I feel what must happen uh, at some point in, in the world of the gymnasium is that you get to a place where you're so large that wearing tights actually becomes socially acceptable for a male. Because I know that if I was to wear tights to the gym, just playing tights, people would be like, what is that skinny dude doing wearing tights? But there's guys at the gym, and I, I'm honestly, sometimes I find myself, now I consider myself to know a little bit about the body. I'm a registered nurse, but for some reason at the gym, I, I'm so easily distracted. I don't really know what I'm doing. I sort of walk around and go, oh, that looks fun. I'll, I'll do a bit of that. And then I sort of wander a bit this way. But I often find myself awkwardly staring at large guys. And I can't help it. It's like Cliff when he chaired this morning. I was like this. Because he looks like Superman. I know everyone agrees. I can't help it. It's just cool. But big dudes, I, I can't help but stare at them. But the thing is, is I go, how did they do it? How did they get that big? Like, I, I think about it, I've been trying to eat more. I, I, I put on seven kilos and then lost it during the February fast, which was annoying, but it's on the way back. And I know I preach on it a lot. I feel it's heading to one portion of my body that I believe is to do with my heritage. And um, we can all say that in Pastor Nick. I can't say that when he's not here, can I? So I won't say that. But um, the thing is, is that these guys get that way and, and you see that their bodies are transformed because of hard work, consistency and time. Transformation takes place because these guys are willing to put in the hard yards. They're willing to put in. If you've got a desire to do it and keep pushing, things can be transformed. But there are another category of people that I really respect that go to the gym. And, and I, I think it's the type of people that have had a specific point in their life when they've realized something needs to change in order for them to go forward. I've met a person that was really fit and I could see him running. But the thing is, is that he had had a heart attack at a very early age. And at that moment in his life, he realized if something doesn't change for me, if I don't begin to transform the lifestyle that I have, I'm not going to have a very long and extended future. So you've got the guys that go out of hard, but you also have the guys that have a specific moment where they realize they need to change and be transformed. Now, do I believe that is the case with God? Absolutely, I do. I believe that God's purpose for our life unfolds over time. And as we remain obedient and as we remain in His will and as we remain disciplined, eventually God's purpose, we begin to align ourselves with it and we begin to mature and we begin to grow and we begin to change. But I also believe that there are specific God-appointed times in our lives when God does something. And shifts. Give me a wave if you've ever had that kind of encounter with God. Give me a wave. Be with me this morning. See, people have had that moment in their life where something has unfolded, where they've had a specific point with God, where they've decided something needs to change and I need to move forward with that. I want to talk about Paul in Acts chapter 9. If you guys want to begin to turn uh, in your Bibles this morning. Verses 1 uh, to 21. And this is a, a well-preached on uh, portion of scripture in regards to Paul becoming Saul, Saul becoming Paul on the road to Damascus where he encountered Jesus. And I want to read that to you this morning uh, from the perspective that I believe that there are a few things that we need to realize on our journey, on your journey going forward, 
where you go, okay, there are some aspects here that I can put in place in my life to continue to see God's unfolding purpose. But this morning, it's all about accepting God's will for your life and letting go of your own. I had a plan. I had a, a great plan about living in Geelong all of my days and eventually working my way down to Torquay and working comfortably at a hospital in, in, a, in a position. I, I, I planned to be the CEO. This was my goal. I'm, I'm ambitious. There's nothing wrong with that. And um, God got a hold of my purpose and got a hold of my future. And I find myself in a completely different and more fulfilling place in my life because God's will had unfolded in front of me. And as I walked into it, my life changed. Who here in this place is 100% happy with where they are right now? I'm not. I just put my hand wanted to see if someone would do it. I'm not either. But the thing is, who here wants to keep growing in God? Who here wants to keep moving forward? Who here wants to see greater blessing over your life? I do too. And I believe that it can unfold. So let's read this portion of Scripture together. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest and he requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. And he was approaching Damascus on this mission and a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell on the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they had heard the sound of someone's voice, but they saw no one. Saul picked up, Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over the straight street to the house of Judas. It's funny, isn't it? I know, but that's what's in there. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarshish named Saul. He's praying for me right now. He's praying to me right now. And I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so that he can see again. But Lord, he exclaimed Ananias, I have heard many people talk about this terrible thing this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest anyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings and as well to all the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. 
Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days, and immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is indeed the Son of God. All who heard him was amazed. Two more verses. Isn't this the same man that caused such devastation among the Jesus followers in Jerusalem, they asked? And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priests? Saul's preaching became more and more powerful, and the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proof that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. Thank you, Lord. I just pray that you'll speak through your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. First thing I want to look at, and my first point is this. In, verse nine, in chapter 9, verse 1, it says this, Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. He was uttering threats. He was an angry man. He did not like Christianity. He hated Christ. He was in, if you were to look at it from a Christian perspective, he was in a very bad place. He was in a horrible place, in fact. But here's the first thing that you guys need to realize about God's unfolding purpose for your life, and it's the next slide, is this, that not everybody starts where they need to be. Not everybody starts where they need to be. For God's purpose to unfold in your life means that it's a process. No matter where you start, whether you start way back where Paul did, whether you're starting from another place, it's a process. You don't need to have it all together. I don't have it all together. God's will and His purpose for my life is still unfolding. So you don't need to think in order to serve in this house or in able to grow as a Christian that you need to have your life in order before you can do so. Because that's not just the case. You are allowed to begin to walk in the will of God without having it all together and allow the Holy Spirit to outwork it in your life. Because the thing is, is Paul was chosen by God because of God's will for his life, not where he had ended up situationally. God chooses you in your life because of His will for your life, not because of where you might be in your current situation. Don't ever let the thoughts come into your mind that until you've got it all worked out, until you've got everything going in your favor, that God can begin to work in your life. Like if you look at the scripture, Paul is on one mission in life, and that is at the moment to destroy and kill Christians. He then encounters Christ on the world. He becomes blind. So at that moment when he's blind, he has not yet actually done anything for the kingdom of God. He's done no works. He's done nothing to earn anything. But yet in verse 15, Jesus says that Paul, or Saul at the time, is my chosen instrument. God had chosen Saul before Saul had chosen God. He had chosen Saul before Saul had done anything for him because God is not interested in where you start your relationship. He's, he's interested in where you end up and where you're going. So you never need to be thinking that you need to have it all together. The other thing that I think Paul had in his favor, and, and this is just a, a side uh, thing that, that I think is great, is this, is that I believe this with all my heart. Passion is transferable. Isn't it funny how in, in life you meet a person that is incredibly passionate about the things that aren't of God? 
to go, oh, I would, it's going to be so hard to witness to that person. It's going to be so hard because they're so passionate, they're so going that way that I don't think that I can deter them from their path. Did anybody realize what Saul was actually doing? Because here's the thing, you need to have the faith that in a revelation of Christ in that person's life, they can get to know Christ. But here's the thing, the passion that they were once against, that they will become for, and they will be the Christians that stretch us and encourage us to step out in boldness because they're challenging everything that warped because of what they believe in. Passion is transferable. It's okay to have those conversations. I think what, what, why Paul or Saul was chosen by God is because God could see the grit and the determination that he had in his life for one thing. Once it was aligned with God's purpose, he would have the same grit. Look, if you think about it, at the start of those verses, it says with every breath, he was uttering threats. He was completely committed and passionate to what he was doing. God was about to change his purpose. So you don't have to have it all to, together. This house is a house where people are going to come in and feel loved and feel comfortable and feel that no matter where they are on their journey, that we all grow together. We all work together. Because the thing is, is that what I love about that portion of Scripture is that God never changed Saul's destination. It was still Damascus, but he changed his purpose. He still was heading in that direction, but he was going with one purpose and God changed it. Do you know when you submit to God's unfolding will for your life, you don't need to give up what you're passionate about. If it's in God's will and you're serving him with it, God has given you those feelings for a reason, but sometimes God might be sending you in a direction, but he can change the purpose of why you're there. Have you ever arrived at, at, at a, a meeting or a birthday party or you've gone to an event and, and you weren't sure why you should be there, but then all of a sudden there's a moment and there's a situation that, that goes down and then you go, that was why I was meant to be there. God can change your purpose as you allow it to unfold. Point two is this, having a revelation of Christ and new vision. It says this in verse three. Now, let me read it to you again so then I can talk about it while it's still in your memory. He says, he was approaching Damascus on this mission and a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice. So he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city where you will be told what you must do. God's unfolding purpose, the revelation of who Christ is. When Saul encountered Jesus, he was awestruck. He fell to the ground. Now when he fell to the ground, he said, who are you, Lord? Because he was fully aware of the divine nature of who was talking to him. But it's very interesting what happens at that point. And, and I feel that if you take a hold of something this morning, try to take a hold of this as I try and express what God has put on my heart today. Paul is knocked to the ground and he loses his sight, his vision. 
What a humbling experience to begin with. I know that my plans that I have for myself moving into my future involve me being able to see. I don't think of any person here moving forward would think about their future without sight. So there's been a humbling experience already instantly happened as Christ revealed himself to Saul because not only is he now picking himself up off the ground, he now has no vision in his life and he has to be led by those that are around him. He has to be led there. Now it's very interesting because what happens is that when he goes there, he receives his sight again. God had actually, in that moment, removed Saul's vision for his own life. You know, the other day I was watching a renovation show, and uh, they, they had this awesome staircase, and they had this really cool-looking old stair rail. But it had been painted like 50 times, and it had been let go, and it had been broken down. And in order for the renovator, the restorer, to repurpose that railing, it had to be stripped back. It had to be removed of everything that it was so that it could be repurposed and given new vision for the restoration. Sometimes when you are moving forward and you get a revelation of Christ, God, Jesus needs to remove the vision you have for yourself and give you fresh new vision. Because here's the thing, when Saul lost vision for his life, he was a Christian murderer. When he regained his new vision, he was serving Jesus Christ. Sometimes you need to let go of your own vision for your life so that God's purpose can come in, but it means letting things go. It means letting things go. It's humbling. And it takes obedience. You know, it's very interesting as when you think about it, he gets up off the ground, he's blind, and then Jesus gives him direction. He says, go to Damascus, and once you get there, I'll let you know what to do. So here's the thing. Obedience had to come before vision. He had to go and be obedient to the call of God before vision could be restored to his life. If you've got lack of vision in your life, are you holding on to something you shouldn't be? Is God asking you to give that up so that you can take a hold of the new vision that he has for your life? What's very interesting is before Saul got vision again and a new call for his life, he had to let go of the past. It had to be removed from him. Paul had no vision. He was blind. But God gave him new direction, new purpose. You don't just need to see and have vision. You actually need to obey it. Because that's my third point is this. Christ followers need to be obedient. Do you know what I love about this story is that the guys in, uh, you know, the Bible they always spoke how it was to God. God comes to Ananias in a vision and says, go to Saul. And he says, but God, we've got it right. This guy, is, he's, he's wanting to take people back in chains. He, he's wanting to, to hurt them. Uh, are you sure? And Jesus says, yes, go. He, he's my chosen instrument. I thank God for Ananias because he unlocked the purpose 
King Saul's life through his obedience to God. Because he was obedient to God, he was able to help God unlock the purpose, not help God, he was able to serve God in unlocking the purpose for Saul's life. Do you know, there's going to be moments in your life where you fit two positions. You're going to, there's going to be moments in your life where you are Saul. When you were down and you were out and you were needing God to send somebody with a word to help get you through the season. But there are going to be times in your life when you're Ananias and God is going to be sending you to be that person to bring breakthrough. Last week on the Thursday night, we had a training meeting uh, upstairs with all the uh, youth uh, ministers that were around and their teams that were on Hope Crew. There was about 25 of us in the room upstairs. And I began to try and give them a bit of apostolic uh, uh, vision around the apostolic church about why we are in this together, the, the movement we serve and what we do. But, but it came down to this, is that because we are together, I will fight for you and you'll fight for me. When you're Saul, I'll be there for you when God, if, if God sends me. But when I, when I am Saul, I pray that you'll come too. See, here's the thing. We are the body. We need to work together. Are there people around you that at the moment may be needing you to lift them up? Or, or is someone around you needing to help you? There's going to be moments in your life where we fit both categories in this. We need to be obedient to the call of God because the thing is, is that you can be either position, but unless you're obedient to God, you won't receive anything. You could need help or be the helper, but it all stems from obedience. God uses those around you. If you have a look around you right now, these are the people God has put around you. No one's, everyone's too scared to look at them. It's like, oh my gosh. But these are the people God has put around you. Obedience is the key. Dan, I want you to get up. I'm going to have a prayer meeting, but who loves this song? He'll be all right. He knows every song. verse 20, it says this, and immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue saying, he is indeed the son of God. He went straight to the synagogues, immediately started preaching that he is the son of God. If we go to the next slide, Chris. Chris has changed to action. Paul has changed. He'd become a man of God. It wasn't going to be easy for him. Because if you read in those verses, it says that Christ was going to show him what it meant to suffer for the gospel. But he'd come in and, and, and the proof is that he'd gone straight to the synagogues to preach that indeed Christ is the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among the Jesus followers in Jerusalem, they asked? And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priests? Saul's preaching became more and more powerful and the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Son of God. 
You know, things change as you grow in your journey. And God's unfolding purpose for your life will cause you to grow. Do you know that if something doesn't grow, it's actually dead? Christ came to bring life. It says there that people were amazed. And it says that through the power of his testimony, it says that it's actually powerful preaching came forward that eventually they, could, they couldn't refute. No, Jesus must be the Messiah. Power in a life that is walking in the purpose of God. Paul had that purpose. And he preached with conviction that Jesus was the Messiah. A life changed, a life changed carries power. Why I stand to uh, play Amazing Grace is simple. A lot of you would know the story about John Newton, the guy that wrote this song. Do you know, they say in the research that I did about him that the beginning of his conversion was this, that one day uh, he was on a boat and uh, he woke up and the, the, the ship was taking on water and he, he knew he was going to uh, drown, that they were going to lose everything. So he calls out to God and some of the cargo moves, stops up the hole and they're able to float to safety. That's a specific moment. This guy is the same guy that we all know was the captain of a slave ship, taking African slaves into slavery and fully aware of, of the, the things that would happen and the way that they, inhumane ways they would treat people on those boats, he had to step away from it. But not only that, he, he ends up in an alliance with a man named William Wilberforce, who was a leading politician who was attempting to abolish the slave trade. This guy had not started in the greatest position. He was an enabler of something that was absolutely wrong. But has a revelation and a moment where he experiences God. And then his life changes. Now the power in the testimony from that context is that he writes the song Amazing Grace. Where he says this, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm fine, found, was blind, but now I see. Isn't it funny how John, if you look at Saul, when he was not walking with God, was considered to have no vision. I was blind. I had nothing. But with finding Christ, found vision, but now I see. Because he had allowed God's purpose to unfold in his life. This morning, this is my plea to you. Are you holding on to your own visions for your life? Or are you allowing God's to unfold in yours? Oh, I don't want to do that. No, no, that's too hard for me. Oh, I, I just don't feel like it. It doesn't, doesn't bring me joy. Or are you going, God, I'm submitted to whatever it is you need to work out in me, work through me, so that I can grow in what you have for me. 
because I don't want to be blinded by my own vision for my life, but I want to walk in the freedom and in the sight of the vision you place on my life so that I can have an impact in my world. But sometimes we get caught up in our own vision. And when you strive after your own vision, you can become too busy or too distracted or, or, or easily hurt or, or easily bound because it's not your own. Because when God puts His vision in your life, there's freedom and there's liberty. So those things that come in won't hold you bound. You're able to keep going. You're able to keep fighting. When the call of God is on your life, He's placed purpose and vision in your life, you have endurance. So then if you have endurance and you have freedom and you have liberty in the purpose, in the will of God, and you're not feeling those things, is there something you need to let go of? Is there your own vision you're holding on to? Why don't we stand real quick and if you can bring the lights down, I want to have a, a moment with God where you do your business with God right now. I don't know whether anybody knows the lyrics to that song that's in the music team, if they want to come. Fish, maybe try and find that song if it's on there. Great. With every eye closed this morning, I want to pray about an important thing. Do you know that sometimes when you begin to take up your own vision, and you begin to get tired and you begin to get worn out. It's not a deliberate thing. I'm not saying that you're a bad person. I'm just saying that you're human. And sometimes you need to have a specific point, a specific moment when you say, God, I give my vision back to you. I place it at your feet. I am submitted to your will for my life so that I can move forward. And I believe as you do that this morning, this tiredness is going to break off people. There's pain that's going to break off people. There's disappointment that's going to break off people. Because how can you be disappointed with a vision and a purpose that is not your own? It's been placed in you by God, for you. So with every eye closed in this place, just for privacy. If there's anybody here, you've been walking with God a long time, you're, you're you, you love the Lord, but, but you found that you, you may have become frustrated with your own purpose. And today you want to choose to give it back to God so that He has an open door to your heart, to your mind, to be able to implant in you the purpose and the will that God has for you in your workplace, your family, your community. If that's you, you just want to, you want to just rededicate your, your purpose to God. You want to give back your own vision and take on God's vision. Just want you now just to reach out to God. Hallelujah. 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 Lord God, right now, thanks for all the hands across this place, Lord God. Lord, I just pray that there will be your purpose and your vision flow into the hearts of these people, Lord, that have raised their hands this morning, that they walk knowing that they serve an almighty God, that they serve a God that wants what's best for them. And Lord God, as they give vision, to you, Lord God, I pray that you will remove disappointment, you will remove anxieties, Lord God, and you will give them peace, you'll give them stamina and patience, Lord, so that it can unfold. In Jesus' name, amen.
Sense the presence of the Lord is here. You are our King. Your grace goes on and on and on, Lord. We thank you. So my challenge is this to you guys this morning. I think we'll sing it one more time. But Paul, with God's purpose and vision, immediately got to work. No matter your age, your qualification, what you do from Monday to Saturday, God's purpose is on your life. Let's get to work together. Do you know that it is not on you to get them converted? It's God calling them. It is up to you to share the good news of Christ. You can do that with anyone. You can share the good news of Christ. And He will reveal Himself to them, amen? Because He has grace. He has love, healing power. He's our God, isn't He good, church? Why don't you just raise your hands for a minute and let's just praise Him. Lord, God, call out to God together. Hallelujah, Lord. Sing out, church. Hallelujah. I once was One last time, one last time. Amazing grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Lord, we just thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. Lord, I thank you that we don't need to 
to be in a particular place, Lord God, for your, your will to begin to unfold. We just need to be obedient. We need to take on your vision, Lord God. And Lord, we just need to share our testimony of your love. Lord, I just pray for opportunities for every person in this place to share your love. Lord, I pray that you give every person in this place your vision for their lives, for their brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, that as we grow as a body, Lord, that those that come in can take on their journey and know that there are those to hold them up. Know that there are those around them to love them as we love you. Lord, let our testimony to the world be the way we love you and love each other. In Jesus' name. Awesome. Now the altar's open if you need prayer for any reason. We'll wait down here for a few minutes after the service, but please go and enjoy some tea and coffee in the cafe. Spend time together, encourage one another, and we'll see you next week. God bless.